Welcome back to Shit Talk Fridays, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, Evo. Happy motherfucking Friday. <laughs> Yo, just as we started filming, our cat decided to start eating cat food and crunching his little That's, ass away. It's always some shit. Yo, it, I can't even tell you how many times we go to go film and something happens and I'm like, really right now? Yeah. Well, now I understand what the phrase um <clears throat> the show must go on comes from because oh. yo it it'd be a shit show yo or or like that um that I don't remember what the guy's name was he was like just fuck it just fucking do it live fucking do it live <laughs> uh, but let's cheers to Friday yeah I don't think uh, we need to uh, mention what we're drinking oh my god we're if you haven't together. been here before uh, go back watch a couple of episodes at the beginning of episode any episode you're bound to find out what yeah. the fuck we're drinking and uh, shout out to the person that recommended the tequila that you recommended last episode i haven't looked into it yet but we got to finish this first yeah all right let's get into our episode for today and it is say yes to drugs say yes to drugs <laughs> it does that's a it, new slogan i like listen, that listen it's not as bad as it sounds i think that when we title this, people are gonna be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" But, but I think it was that was it was super clever because for the longest it's been say no to drugs. Yeah, well, that you know we we have uh, Nancy Reagan to thank for that and mm -hmm. that whole you know nationwide campaign against drugs, which started the war on drugs and all that bullshit. So I feel like now as a nation we are starting to say yes to drugs. And it all started with the legalization of marijuana. And now we're starting to see some states to actually legalize psychedelics. Oregon, for example, has actually fully legalized uh, psychedelics, which I think is fucking awfully cool. But so as we as we legalization continues to take hold of the nation, there has been another movement that has emerged in its wake. And in the past three years, ballot measures and city council's resolutions to legalize or decriminalize naturally occurring ethogenic plants and fungi, which typically which typically include psychedelics, a.k.a. mushrooms also, um, Ayahuasca, mescaline, ibogaine, and peyote. Sounds like a good time. I personally can say that I have had some experience with psychedelics. I have never done ayahuasca, mescaline, ibogaine, or peyote. Even though I can say anything that I've ever heard about any of those plant-based fungi, I've never heard anything negative have you um yeah i mean i've heard tons of people going on you know having bad trips but i'm specifically talking about ayahuasca mescaline uh yeah 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 I've, I've seen um peyote you know peyote is such a old mm. substance um that I can't say that I've spoken to anybody who knows somebody who has taken it or <clears throat> somebody who has personally taken it. Only time I've ever heard of peyote was like it being mentioned in the movies. Never really came up in a conversation that I might have been having with somebody about, you know, back in the days or experiences that, you know, one might have experimenting, you know, throughout their throughout their life. Um, but I have I have heard about DMT trips that are fucking horrifying 
I think it's interesting. I haven't mentioned DMT yet, but you're already you're getting into. Oh, that. I'm sorry. What was it that you you? I said. Oh, ayahuasca. Mushroom. Yeah, ayahuasca. ayahuasca. So I feel like Mescal. ayahuasca and DMT are kind of the same thing. Okay. Uh, I believe that there it's a, the tea. Ayahuasca is a tea made from DMT, from the DMT root from the plant. Okay. And it's called the ayahuasca is the drink, but it is a DMT trip, and if I'm not mistaken, um, you can drink it and you can actually smoke DMT as well. Mm. And they, they believe they give you different experiences. But going back to your question, I have heard of ayahuasca trips that have been really intense. Um, almost like to the point where people have had to face some of the most traumatic experiences of their life um, through these ayahuasca trips. Mm-hmm. But then come out on the other end um, a new person. Because like for a lot of people, their traumas, you know, they bury them. They, they, they put them in a box and never deal with them and and never never go through the emotions of what it's like to to relive those moments and actually process them. Okay. And so these, these trips, they're good for that, but they're also scary in a way where you have to face some of your worst fears. That's interesting that you bring that up because psychedelics actually more recently, I think there's a little bit more research behind it being used in therapy. So psilocybin, MDMA, ketamine, and DMT are showing promising in treating notoriously difficult to treat mental health conditions, including anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, also known as PTSD, and opioid addiction. Um, the public's perception of psychedelics is shifting. More people have begun to share how their psychedelic medicine experiences have kind of changed their lives for the better. So kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying. Some people are going through these experiences with when they're consuming these psychedelics where they're dealing with emotions and they're dealing with maybe past traumatic experiences that they weren't able to deal with, you know, at different times in their lives that these psychedelic experiences are allowing to are allowing them to deal with them in ways where they're feeling like they're in a safe space. They're feeling like they can talk about or they can have these emotions and they can work through them and not feel like they're going to be judged because a lot of times that's what happens. When Back when I was in college, I actually wrote a paper about ecstasy and how they were using this in the same kind of way in therapy to help people with PTSD, help people that were uh, experienced rape, people that have been in the war, and if you know anything about MDMA or ecstasy, one of the you know main factors of it is when you consume it, you a lot of people have claims of feeling this intense sense of joy and happiness and love and just you know loving the world and loving everything. So could you imagine how that could be used in a place of therapy when someone has had an experience that is really traumatic in their past? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely the the you know the the key element in helping somebody open up and be free with some of their emotions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are taught not to show emotion. Um, never let nobody see you cry. Um, you know, suck it up, move on. Mm-hmm. All all these things that you know people are kind of conditioned to do that ends up in the long run giving them you know. Um, stress yeah so 
psychedelics are going to help you kind of strip away those things, strip away the stress, strip away the anxiety. Now, not to say that I've never, I have heard of people having bad trips. I've definitely heard of that. But some of the um, psychedelics that I mentioned, like mushrooms and mescaline and ibogaine and ayahuasca, I personally have never heard of anything where someone has said, I've done this, I'll never do that again. And it was a horrible experience for me. I have heard of things, of drugs that are psychedelic in nature, like MDMA, um, LSD, mm-hmm acid these other sort of psychedelics because see these aren't fungi these are chemically made things mdma lsd acid i have heard of people or people have said to me actually you know i've had a bad experience on this i had i've had a bad trip yeah i know Uh, people that have had bad, bad mushroom trips really yeah so tell me a little bit about that. Like, what is it um, that they're saying that it makes the trip bad? It's the hallucin the the hallucinogenic portion of it, the psychedelic portion of it. You know, they st- they see things that they never thought they would see, and forget that they're actually on a psychedelic trip hallucinating. They are convinced that what they're seeing is real, and mm. it almost turns into horror. And oh. yeah, and it's something scary. You know, on mushrooms. On mushrooms, yeah. I find that so surprising because I'm going to share a little bit of my own personal experience with mushrooms. It was such an enlightening and loving and joyful experience. I honestly felt like nature and life and everything around me was alive and everything was breathing. And if anybody has ever done mushrooms, um, you feel like things that you see are alive in a way that you've never seen them before. You look at a tree, you look at a plant blowing in the wind. It just seems like it is alive in a way like how humans are alive. They're able to emote emotion in some sort of way. So I find it surprising that someone would have an experience where it is horrifying. Yeah, I mean, if you take too much, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be super intense. Um, I think that is the key, right? There. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything in moderation. And some people, you know, it's it's sad to say that when they, you know, that these experiences should be carefully planned out. Uh, they should be done under the right settings. They should be done um, in a very comfortable place with people that you trust. And if it's your first time doing it, um, the person that is giving it to you, that they know how to properly dose you. You know, there's a lot of these these things they're very important into having a good trip um there's people who are just very irresponsible with giving other people drugs and can give somebody um mushrooms without ever evaluating their experience on tripping or what types of drugs they've done in their life Mm -hmm. and just kind of say here you know and and it turned out to be way too much for them and that'd be a horrible experience for that person and and then that person will never want to do that again I actually think that that is an important key factor in the legalization of these psychedelic drugs. From what I'm understanding is in Oregon, that since they have legalized drugs, psychedelic drugs completely, you are only allowed to purchase them in environments just like how you would purchase weed in the dispensary. In the dispensary. Dispensary. And um, you receive education on what it is that you're receiving and how it potentially can affect you and what are the proper doses to take. 
I completely agree with you in that if you're receiving drugs from some fucking idiot on the street that is going to give it to you and not give you any education as to how this may affect you because they themselves might not even know, then I would think that you would want to steer away from those type of experiences. Yeah, I think you and I can both identify with those type of experiences where we have been given something in the past when we were younger that we thought, hey, a friend's given it to us. This is, yeah. you know, this is cool. And then you find yourself in a position, you're like, why the, the fuck, fuck did I yeah. do that? This is, a, you know, this is not, this is not a great experience. So, um, talking about dosing, I find it so interesting that there are a lot of celebrities out there, particularly one of the biggest podcasters in the world, Joe Rogan, raves about um psychedelics and raves about his experience with things like um mushrooms and dm he raves about dmt he also is a big like he is a big what's the word i'm looking for um like he he, he, ad he advocates for yeah it. that's thank you yeah. he, he's a huge av um, advocate in um the legalization of psychedelics in the sense of he believes that there is a benefit in it. He talks a lot about his DMT, his DMT trip where he felt like it stripped away his ego. Yeah. He went into it and you, as a comedian, I guess, you know, sometimes you can get this sense of inflated ego where you feel like you're the shit. And then he had this DMT experience and it took all that away from him. And he said he felt like it brought him down to nothing. And when he walked away from it, he realized almost kind of like how insignificant he was in the world or in the universe and that he needed to really humble himself mm -hmm. on his approach i think there's so much value in that because i think there's a lot of people that walk around with like this sense of you know can't nobody tell me shit yeah um i don't want to take anybody's advice i'm gonna do things my way and you know and sometimes that type of stuff that type of mindset can be very harmful and a psychedelic experience can like strip all that shit away from you and um one of his good friends, Lex Friedman, who I listened to both of them on podcasts, Lex Friedman just did an interview where while he was interviewing the author, the author was telling him about how, you know, she suffers with anxiety and stress. And he was like, I do too. Um, and social anxiety. He goes, that's why I just took a microdose of um, mushrooms before I started this interview. Yeah, I think it's... um. Well, one thing, one, for, I say that shit all the time, it's like, especially like when we're out in, in, you know, in nature and when we go camping, um, that we're not, we ain't shit. Like, as far as like, what do you mean? We're not shit when you compare us to oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, okay. the world that we live in, the universe that we live in. I'm very big on like, um, what, you know, the space that we take in the universe that we live in. Um, and if you look at it on on that type of scale, kind of like a bird's eye view, you know, on that type of level, we ain't shit. And so, you know, it humbles me all the time when I when I think about it like that. Mm. Um, but I I find it even more amazing that you can take a plant mm -hmm. in this particular instance, uh, in this in this particular situation, a mushroom, and it essentially brings you more connected to nature mm. right and i find it so mind-blowing that 
it's literally the bridge. It's like it's it's you have to consume it. And when you consume it, you're all of a sudden infused with something that allows you to connect to everything that that thing is connected to. You know, and I don't know if like if by what I'm saying, if, if it sounds as deep as I feel it is, but just the just that those actions alone, like we eat a lot of different plants, right? Mm-hmm. We eat, you know, leaves and spinach and um, baby arugula. <laughs> That's an inside joke. That's an inside joke. joke. Uh, And, and, you know, and even lots of different mushrooms. But then this one particular mushroom, it has a psychedelic effect that um, in most cases, when you take it, it it brings you closer to nature. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, I've 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 experienced mushrooms, you know, when I was younger. And so if you haven't taken them before... It's very hard for you to understand what it is that I'm talking about. But if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about, that something so simple can have such a profound impact to the world around you that normally we go go about walking around oblivious to the type of connection that there is. Mm. As you said that, I started to visualize that tree from Avatar, Ewa. And how they all sat around it yeah. and it like the tree lit up and you could see the roots like lighting yeah. up into the ground and it they were connected to the tree and the tree was connected to yeah. everything uh, on their planet. And that's kind of like what I saw in my mind. I mean, I personally have experienced mushrooms, so I know exactly what it is that you're talking about. You feel this sense of like I'm connected to everything and everything is connected to me. Yes. And everything is alive and everything is breathing and feeling and doing. But it's being all absorbed in a way where you feel like it's beautiful. Yeah. That's why I was so surprised when you said yeah, so. it was it was horrific. Uh, some people have had horrific experiences. And what I find even more interesting is that while I was looking into, you know, this height of consumption of mushrooms people microdosing i came across something that i found so interesting and i wanted to share with everybody so there is a movement right now in a small i don't say small maybe like medium-sized community in colorado of mothers that are taking mushrooms Hmm. and there is a website that can help you enter into this community you don't just have to be from colorado but the website is called Moms on Mushrooms. And there are mothers that are microdosing mushrooms in order to help them deal with the everyday motherhood stresses and anxiety. Uh, there was one particular mother that they included in the information that I read where she talked about how she had a child with special needs and it was one of her three. And her having the ability to microdose something of like a of a milligram each day over the course of like over the course of a week which helps build up her you know overall experience um helped her deal with the stresses of being a mother that had to deal with a child with special needs um they spoke Mm. about things in regards to it helped your ability to be more empathetic to have more patience to find I guess kind of like the grace to deal with some of the things that you come encounter with when you're a parent and 
If anybody's a parent out there and you listen to this, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. There are going to be times that your kid is going to fucking bring you to to your limit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that could be highly effective. I mean, in any given situation that's super stressful and super intense, the slightest change in perspective can really shift the way that you process and deal with that situation. So in a case like, you know, mothers on shrooms, when you're having, and I'm just imagining myself in this situation, right? I mean, I I can't, and that's all I can do because I can't even wrap my head around what it's like to have to, you know, raise a child with a disability and go to the extent of microdosing to try to make the most positive experience out of all of it because you're struggling dealing with it as it is. Mm. And as a mother, you're looking for some type of positive alternative to make everything the best that it can be. Yeah, because that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and so um, thinking about it, you know, it, it warms me knowing that something like this can really take that that experience and turn it into something positive. You know, you have a, a, a mother who's probably very frustrated and, you know, there's no there's no manual, there's no book to raising a child with a disability. So, you know, you're doing the best that you can and to know that you can microdose and then that little bit can make it just a little better and turn it into a positive experience where the child ends up getting, a, you know, a great response from their parent, one that the child really needs. Yeah, I think a lot of the times parents, you know, on a day-to-day basis are dealing with constant levels of stress and not just from their kids. They're dealing with it from work. They're dealing with it from all angles of everyday life. So the ability to ingest something that's just giving you a little bit of... I think the way that they spoke about it was like, just imagine having 10% more of calmness. Imagine having 10% more of patience when it came to your kids. A 10% is a lot. Yeah. So um, when I was reading about this, I immediately thought about something that was done a long time ago. Back in the 1950s, there was something that was called Mommy's Little Helper. And it was Valium that was prescribed by doctors for mothers to help them sleep better and to give to uh, give them the ability to be more calm. So it's almost like microdosing mushrooms for moms has become the new Mommy's Little Helper. I don't think they want to coin that term to it, but it has been recognized as having kind of the same idea helping mothers deal with the stresses and anxieties of being a mother being a parent yeah and not to say that dads can't do that but you know it just happens to be mama mushrooms which i thought was so fucking smart for them to yeah that was a that was a great name for it Um, because wasn't there wasn't there dare and like moms against like moms against Drunk driving, mm-hmm. mad, mad, mothers, right? mothers against drunk, drunk drivers. And yeah. now, and now you have, now you hear you have moms on, <laughs> mom, moms on mushrooms. I actually sent that website to my both of my girl groups of friends because they're all fucking mothers. I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, this looks amazing. And one of the things that I, I found so interesting in the website where they talked about a lot of mothers and parents have a dependency on other sorts of things that you can consume to help with stress and anxiety, things like alcohol. Yeah. And alcohol can wreak 
real havoc on your body. When we're talking about drugs, alcohol, next to nicotine, yeah, it's, it's the worst. Yeah, it's horrible. So you can actually die from the withdrawal of alcohol. I say that as I take a sip of my tequila. Yes, but there's a big difference of, of, you know, drinking tequila. Sipping tequila. Sipping tequila once yeah. a week and, uh, versus downing. Back, yeah, like a couple glasses of wine every day or some shit like that. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I watched. I'm. I love movies, and I remember watching a lot of movies where they would show the mother drinking a glass of wine with dinner, or cooking dinner, mm-hmm. drinking a glass of wine. Yeah, it made it very normal. It made it so normal for me, Eva. Yeah. I thought that that was how you function as an adult. You know, when you cooked dinner, you had a glass of wine. You ate dinner, you had a glass of wine. Your friends came over, you had some wine. You know, you had a backyard little to get together, mm-hmm. you had some wine. Now, moms are in the backyard fucking microdosing mushrooms, <laughs> which I think is great because you and I both know I have one too many glasses of wine. I'm destroyed the next day. Uh, yeah, especially with all the additives and stuff like that that are in, you know, yeah. and, and and wines that you you never really know what you're getting in these bottles. You know, they come from so many different manufacturers that, and they all have their the wines are mixed differently and they have different preservatives. Some have fish in them, some have don't. It's like you know, you really never know what you're gonna get, and so yeah, you could definitely uh get fucked up off a bottle of wine. But you know, sitting here thinking about moms on shrooms and. I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe that this whole new avenue has opened up, you know, opened up of psychedelics and, you know, taking mushrooms because like the only thing that I know about it is, you know, as a, you know, as a younger kid was a, it was very recreational, you know, mm-hmm. and to think about Same. that people, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around people going somewhere to take psychedelic drugs for a, um, for a therapeutic experience. Yeah. You know, they're taking the recreate. There's, you know, the whole recreational portion of it is missing. So, it, it it's very interesting to me to think that people are doing this for that reason, or for, for example, mothers on shrooms. You know, they're not doing, they're not doing it recreationally. They're doing it for something different, but yet it's, it's, it's helping them. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the times when you're consuming alcohol, you're not doing it to necessarily help you yeah, a lot do, of people you're doing to block it and numb it yeah a lot of people will say things like you know i need to unwind yeah for sure you know, I I need sh- a, i'm i'm guilty you know, of it I've you, done you it. have a hard day i need a, i need a drink oh uh, yeah so I, and i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that but what alcohol does to your body is kind of you know it's 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 a given yeah i mean it's it's wrong if you're um if that's your go-to every time you need to release some stress. Like, if you're not dealing with processing processing your emotions, um, and the only way you do do it is by pouring yourself a glass or something, then, yeah, that's definitely a problem. And I think you can process your emotions and maybe have a glass of wine, but if you're not processing your, you know, your everyday stressors and only having wine, then, yeah, that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Um, but I started off by saying that this is all being spearheaded off of the legalization of weed. If you think about it, because even I are talking about, you know, when we did these things when we were younger, as far as psychedelics, you know, we're talking about like almost 20, 25 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So that being said, back 20, 25 years ago, we never thought that we would see the day where you could go to the freaking store on the corner and buy weed 
legally and then get an education on what you were buying and what type of strain it was. You know, was it indica? Was it sativa? You know, was it a blend? All this stuff. So, and not only can you now buy it legally in a dispensary. Dispensary. I don't know why I can't say that word, but uh, Evo, you know, I think appreciate of, you. Think of, a, think of a dispenser. Yeah, dispenser. Like, remember the yeah. Pez dispenser? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so the dispensary. Um, but we actually just came across some really interesting stuff that's happening with weed that I would love for you to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, mm. I think that how do I even want to I don't want to start this. Okay. So, I I think that the this new technological age that we've stepped into has mm. been nothing but amazing for us and and as far as providing convenience for us all over the world, mm. especially here in the United States. Um, and one thing that's come out of this technical technological revolution is Uber, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a company that came in out of nowhere and has disrupted the delivery and taxi industry like nothing ever before. Yeah, somebody actually said to me the other day, like, I'll call a cab. I was like, you mean call an Uber? Yeah, and the I mean, says cab the most mind-blowing part about this company is that they are a taxi service that owns no taxis they they provide you a service for ride sharing and they don't own any vehicles and now they're they've gotten themselves into deliveries uber eats and again they don't own any vehicles they don't employ any of these delivery people and now they have even taken it up a step further and uber eats has partnered with um the oh my god i lost the company's name uh circle was it circle K- nope oh, oh okay i don't think that they partner with anybody well they they uh they actually they did right so this um there's a there's a this chicago-based green thub industry company they have they have partnered with uber because um so uber eats is going to start allowing you to order weed basically is what is is the point that i'm trying to get and there's um they went live in chicago i mean in toronto on um they go out live on they went on october 17th and you're going to have the option to order weed on their app now the way that it works is you have to be 19 and you can place orders from licensed dispensaries pause Uber Eats partners with Leaf Leafly. Leafly, yeah. The Green Thumb is somebody totally different. Uber Eats partners with Leafly for marijuana delivery in the cannabis industry. In the cannabis industry. Right. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you're going to be able to. Well, not, you actually can in 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 Canada in Toronto order weed on Uber Eats. And the way that it works is that you place the order on the app. Um, the app connects you to a local dispensary. The dispensary then verifies your age um, by however forms of you submitting an ID. And then a certified delivery person that is certified able to pick up and deliver these these products mm-hmm. delivers the weed. And then at the delivery location, they verify the ID again. The ID has to be present. The one that was used to order the um, the weed. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just lost cabin pressure. Yeah. You can fucking order weed from Uber Eats. 
Could you imagine being like, yo, I want to do an edible. Let me pull out my phone and get one from Uber Eats. I mean, you know, I think it's amazing, an amazing idea that they're tapping into this. It's um, It just adds another level of convenience of not having to... <clears throat> Um, you know, get out and drive. You can, you know, you can do all this from the comfort of your own home. Uh, you can order weed and food at the same time. So after you went, once you get the once you smoke or do whatever it is that you do, whether it's an edible, and you're ready to get the munchies, you got your food right there. It all comes in one package. So shout out to A and S Pizza in Staten Island because um, back in the day you used to be able to do something just like that. So we used to call the pizzeria in my old neighborhood, and we used to order a pizza, you know, like whatever pizza pie, and then we would tell them that we would want like a forty and a wide owl from the store next door, and they would go and they get in, they would deliver it to us for like a small fee. Yeah. So A and S, yo, you missed your boat, like you were way ahead on that um on that you like that ship sailed and you missed it because they were doing that and i'm talking about like 1997 yeah well i mean that was a way to step up the you know the the delivery experience you know i mean why wouldn't you order from this place when you know they provided an extra level of service so i think that was very smart of them you know that was very entrepreneur like of these people to offer an additional service so that you know they stood out from the rest of the pizza places Yes, and that is why we always called yeah, A&S Pizza. Exactly. And, I didn't give a fuck. Worked. I didn't give a fuck what I had to pay extra. If you was going to bring me my mozzarella sticks and my calzone and my pizza with, sorry, maybe a 40 <laughs> and a white owl, <laughs> then I was ordering from A&S. Yes. Yeah, so, and I love them for that. You know, so shout out to Toronto and Uber Eats for setting this thing off and kind of like, Opening up the uh, opening up this door for potentially more places to offer this type of service. You know, we don't have it here in the United States, but I'm sure. If, oh yeah, if, it's that's if, the launch. If they get it here in the United States, man, it's gonna be a problem. You're gonna have these Uber Eats people flying all over the place with bags of weed. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't eventually come to United States because um, there are many states where weed is already legal on a recreational standpoint and medicinal so i don't see why it wouldn't eventually well, i'll come tell here. you why <laughs> fucking oh. fucking politicians that's why listen if they if they're not making money they're not gonna let it happen like it, it, it's it's the 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 industry has to be routed through the government so that they got their piece of the pie and then they'll allow it well, how wouldn't they have a piece of the pie they already have a piece of the pie they're getting they're getting the tax revenue from the dispense yeah, but I'm sure there's going to be some type of like licensing, extra licensing that they need to come up with so that states can make money off of this. And okay, so there's some red yada, tape. Yada, 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 red tape. Pol yeah, like I said, just politics, politics and politics and politics. As soon as, um, as soon as the regulation, there's like some type of regulation over it, mm -hmm. um, then at that point, they'll open the door for it. Yeah, well, once they see how successful it is in Toronto, I think it'll just make its way here very yeah. shortly. Yeah, I mean, just just take a look. Like, so, you know, I actually took a look and did a little bit of research on some states that don't have any legal weed. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm talking about not even medicinal. No, nothing of legal weed of, of the sorts of any kind. And the three states that have not legalized weed or anything of any kind is Idaho, Nebraska, and Kansas. Now, this is a perfect example of how 
they're they're they just haven't been able to get their wrap their head around the regulation that they need so that their state can properly process and profit off of the legalization of marijuana like other states have do you think that's what it is well uh, yeah i mean i'm sure that's it's a huge part of what it is uh, mm-hmm. you know um Cal- you know california was one of the first states to do it you know and and it's because they're so far ahead of you know getting involved in things that they believe will benefit their state and they you know they put the regulation on it and they they're able to you know to capitalize and you know off of it um if i'm not mistaken though those states are deep red states right but there's a lot of they're very conservative which means that they're not really they're not looking for anyone to really have recreational consumption of marijuana um but there are other red states that have it so yeah so yeah idaho you said idaho kansas and nebraska idaho kansas and nebraska yeah so i mean there are other red states that are you know have already moved forward with the legalization of marijuana whether it's medicinal or medicinal and recreational and i believe that the way that they're able to do this is by setting up regulations and you know having those regulations in place so that i mean yeah that should be the only way yeah so the fact that these three states don't have it just clearly tells you that they have not been able to put their regulations into play okay i i think it's it's probably a little deeper than that that's probably definitely a portion of yeah it. i mean of course i mean i'm just speaking on it on a surface level i just found it interesting that there are I, I didn't even know i thought that the whole united states already had you know legalized it in one form or another yeah. that's but, one thing i can tell you um People who live in the Northeast, we can definitely be very ignorant in that sense. We tend to live in a bubble where we're so used to things being so progressive, mm-hmm. you know, in the especially in the tri-state area, yeah. New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, you know, these areas are usually progressive in multiple senses. You know, they're very multicultural, you know, we ha- we're very uh, tech- technological forward. Um, we tend to have more of like our political views tend to be very different from the middle of the country if you ever really want to get like a gauge on how different it is to be in middle america versus where we are Mm -hmm. you know take a drive (laughs) take a drive to middle america and um because i did it uh and and it wasn't like i was on vacation i was working and we stopped in a couple states in middle america and i remember just being completely flabbergasted by some of the shit that i saw how different it was the feeling of new york versus nebraska yeah i can imagine i remember you telling me about it yeah i've never been so and by from what you told me i don't think i ever want to yeah no i'm good I don't not not recommend it. I think it's it's worth the experience. Um, but you know, medical middle America is interesting, especially if, especially if you're brown. But anyway, um, I think you have some some other news. Yeah. That I think is. Um, so and even better news, Florida is doing their damn thing. Yeah. I'm actually kind of jealous of this. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Circle K gas station is about to start selling weed. I've never heard of Circle K gas station, yeah, but obviously as I'm thing. sure they've never heard of Wawa's. 
Um, no, Wawa. No. I actually think Wawa is from the South. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. I There's no Wawa's in New York. I've run into Wawa. quite a few people that are like, Wawa, what the fuck is a Wawa? Wawa is a convenient, uh, like a convenience store chain that we have here on the East Coast. Um, and it appears that Circle, Circle K gas stations are what's popping down in Florida. Mm. And... Um, as if as if gas stations weren't already a great place to go to where you can get gas, um, you can get your car washed. Some gas stations, um, you know, you can get like straight up. They've kind of got convenience stores and they've got Dunkin' Donuts in them, you know, where like they'll mm-hmm. have like two place, two companies within them. And now uh, Circle K gas stations have partnered with Chicago based Green Thumb Industries, mm-hmm. one of the largest marijuana producers in the country to sell weed at 10 of their Florida locations starting in 2023. And, These, that's, and that's just starting. That's just starting. They're starting off with 10 stores, 10 locations across Florida. I guess it's kind of like a pilot that they're that they're throwing mm-hmm. out to see how this goes. Now, the way that it's going to work is um, kind of like some gas stations will have a Dunkin' Donuts in them. These gas stations will have what's called a Rise Express in the gas station. And it'll be a separate... Um, kind of like a separate store. It's what I'm get from what I got from the research. I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, one building with two separate entrances, or it's going to be, you know, the, you know, the gas station will have the convenience store and it'll have a separate store on the property um, for the Rise Express, and it's going to be a separate experience in its own. You're not going to be able to like go in, pick up a drink, you know, get some candy, and then walk over and get some, you know, some some marijuana. But you are going to be able to go to these uh, to these locations, these Rise Expresses. And as long as you have um, a medical marijuana card, you will be able to buy uh, medicinal marijuana from from one of these dispensaries. And they have a selected, like a limited amount of products that you can get there. But that's typically how dispensaries are. Yeah, because it's like a convenience. It's it's basically a convenience store for marijuana. So you're not going to be able to get everything, but you're going to be able to get something. Yeah. And so um, this is a game changer, you know, for, excuse me, this is a game changer for, um, for medical marijuana and dispensaries because gas stations are like the... They're a dime a dozen. Not only are they a dime a dozen, but they are like a plug into like the retail convenience of America. Mm. There's so many convenience stores in gas stations and gas stations all over America that if you have a store in a gas station, it's just such a high area of traffic that... Yo, word, I didn't even think about it like that. Think about all the cars that just come in and out, and they're just going to be like, yo, y'all sell weed here? Word? Yo, exactly. Now, the thing is, is that this the way this program is starting out, you have to have a medical marijuana card. So it's only going to be available for 700,000 residents in Florida, because mm. I believe that's how many medical marijuana cards are issued in Florida. But... Do you know if... Can you buy weed... Or marijuana, rather. Can you buy it if you live in one state? Can you purchase it in another state if you have a medical card? No, I believe you have to. That's a good question, and I don't know the answer to okay. that. I'm gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you should have one for each state. I, I and the only reason I'm saying that is because because I'm thinking about it like an insurance card. Mm. You know, you could use your insurance card now, anywhere. Well, yes and no, right? No, yes, you're right. You can use your insurance card anywhere, but I'm thinking more like on a um, economic standpoint, it would be it would be more beneficial for the states 
to have their own licensing program yeah. so that it, you have to like pay licensing fees to that state to get a card in that state. Well, because, the, and the reason why I asked that question is because think about all of the people from the Northeast that go to Florida to vacation yeah. that have medicinal cards and they potentially would like to purchase. Yeah, I think it would be, it would be not smart for the state to not allow people with medicinal cards or medical marijuana cards from other states to not purchase because that would be an influx of revenue that they would be missing out on because Florida is a loca- is a um, vacation. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually that's a very, you know, tricky question um that I even I think that it's even still complicated to like navigate around the country with mm. that type of situation. So like if you, let's just say you have a medical marijuana card and you go to another state, are you able to just at least consume your own product mm-hmm. with that card in those states? That's a, that's a great question. Can you travel from state to state, even mm-hmm. though you're not purchasing in a state, can you bring your own stuff with you? Like if you brought your own prescription, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, cause that's allowed, right? Like if you have something that's prescribed to you by a doctor, you're definitely allowed to travel with it. And you know, as long as you have, you can show your prescription, it's not an issue. Why wouldn't this be the same? Yeah. But now, as far as, like, let's just say you go to Kansas and you have a medical marijuana card, but it's not legal there, you might be in some fucking trouble. Yeah, well, um, maybe just skip that state when you're driving through middle mm-hmm. America. Find, find a way around that shit mm-hmm. if you have, have any marijuana on you. But, yeah, shout out to Circle K Gas Station, man. Doing it up, you know, breaking breaking barriers, you know. I think it's funny that it's called Circle K. Circle K? <laughs> I, I mean, wa- I wonder where that name came from. I'm sure it short stands for something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. I just, I'm referring to the fact that any, you know, when you're referring to ketamine, a lot of people just call it K, call it K for K, short. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that it was called Circle K, and they're gonna start selling marijuana. Not as, not as, not that it's the same thing, but it's still a a drug. Anyway. I wonder how Floridians are going to take this because um, I feel like Florida can be very split down the middle. Florida can be very conservative and Florida can be very liberal. Yeah. Um, I have I know a lot of people that live in Florida that are liberal, but then they tell me a lot about people that are on the you know, polar opposite side of that. So I wonder how Floridians are going to take to this. Um, well, listen, man, they got guns down there. So like a little bit of weed. Yeah, but you know, um, guns are like written into the Constitution, and marijuana is not. I mean, so there's a big difference there. So people can immediately just reference the Constitution, their right to bear arms. They don't say nothing about my right to smoke weed. So, anyway, (laughs) I actually think that that's a great way to end this. Shout out to Circle K, shout out to Uber Eats, and shout out to Moms on Mushrooms. Yes, sir. Because when I tell you, I'm a um I'm a link the website for Moms on Mushrooms and this is not like sponsored in any way in any way fashion. I just think it's fucking dope cuz I'm a mom and um there've been a many times in my life that I needed something to unwind. And who knows, maybe in the near future you'll have uh, Uber Eats deliver- delivering to Moms on Mushrooms. <laughs> Yo. Let's get it. Set Let's it go. Here. You heard it here first. <laughs> Shit talk first. Fridays. That's what we do. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, yes. 
good conversation, Evo. Likewise. Listen, always a great conversation. Love coming right? and chopping it up with you. Chopping it chopping up. Chopping it up with you over here every single Friday. Um, On Shit Talk Fridays. Even though Evo used to call it Talk Shit Fridays, and I just want to beat him over the head. You know, I mean, they love me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm done. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah. And um, until next Friday, ladies and gentlemen, let me just close this real quick. Peace out. Peace out.